you had the time to listen to me whine about being buried in minis up to my neck. I am one of those melodramatic fools. No time to paint or play or make up my deck. I have too many unpainted minis. Sometimes you dubs has a quick release Well bands keep piling up I think I'm all backed up Am I just too backlogged? Or could I keep up? I looked at my collection I'm missing expansions It must be lack of games that makes me upset And you stutter set I have too many unpainted minis Sometimes you dubs has a quick release More bands keep piling up I think I'm all backed up Am I just too backlogged Or can I keep up? Everybody and welcome back to episode number 36 of the Battle for Salvation Warhammer Underworlds podcast. This is Max. I'm Randall Slate. Hey man. Hey, Look, we're, we're back. doing a podcast episode. I can't believe it. We actually got it together. We're doing and not this. only did we get it together, we also have uh just an incredible guest on today. Uh we have Matt Collins from Into the Glory Hall. What's going on, Matt? How you doing? Hey, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, we really wanted to make sure that you were on because uh, today we're going to be talking about Kagra's Ravagers. We kind of skipped a lot of stuff and a lot of stuff got, you know, released since the last time we did an episode. And so like most GW uh, partitioners, uh, we're going through a backlog and uh, yeah, it's just piling up just just tons of plastic piling pile up and we're like, all well. right, so we'll this first. 
Yeah, exactly. So here we go. Um, before we do, though, uh, we want to talk about tournaments. Um, so kind of interesting. Let's talk about this. Uh, Straight Out of Shade Spire is doing uh, another one of their webcam tournaments Saturday, June 5th, uh, starting at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. So do whatever math you have to do to figure out when that starts for you. Um, make sure that you have uh, gone on Deckers, Underworld Deckers, and, and signed up. I don't know if there's any space left. I, I think they're doing one of those things where you the, every warband has to be represented once. So I don't know what's left over at this point. Um, but always a good time. Uh, you might get uh, you might get what's the, what the uh, streamed. You might get live streamed your game. Uh, so so go ahead and get on that. Um, okay, and uh, Matt, you actually have an in-person thing going on. Yeah, so sure. uh, my local my local club, we actually uh, got hold of a organized play kit back uh, late 2019. Uh, never got around to getting a game sorted or an event sorted, and then the pandemic hit, so it got iced. Um, but now, because Wales is so like I was saying to you before, Wales is so far ahead with their vaccination program, we're feeling confident and comfortable to do it. Uh, so we have an event ourselves. Okay. And there you go. Um, yeah. And uh, here in the New York City. Oh, sorry. When, when is that, by the way? That's at Gwent Reavers uh, on my birthday. Okay. Happy, happy sure. birthday. I'll win Thank for you. you. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a month and a half from now, but okay. <laughs> uh, so that's, uh, you should probably say what day that is. Uh, 27th of June. So it's the last Yeah. So Monday. if anybody wants to, you know, just like send me a birthday present. Oh, oh no, no. Sorry. Go to, go to that uh, thing. Yeah. Okay. Do both. Um, do both. Do both. Yeah, Send cash. Um, <laughs> I, I, I accept Venmo. Um, so we uh, we have some sprinklings of ideas of tournaments happening in this uh, area too, and um, you know when we have kind of uh, kind of a situation where we feel confident that people going there are going to be safe, we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely mention those tournaments. Um, I know at the Rift here uh, in New York and Peekskill, uh, we're okay to have people come and game uh, in in person as long as they have like a vaccine passport that says that they're all vaccinated um and of course uh, they're uh, the tables uh, can be set up outside have to wear masks obviously um so there's a lot of those uh you know uh, covid protocols still going on um and yeah so uh, it looks like hopefully we'll be able to get out of this kind of like I want to say glory hole, but it's not that glorious. Uh, you know, this kind of like feels kind of like a glory hole sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, just like basically nobody can see anybody, and we're all fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Yeah, all right. So we did it. There, there. I, I said no cursing unless it's for you impact, it. and there we go. Um, so, hi Matt, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, thank you. Good. We've, we've already gotten off to a great start. Um, whenever we have uh, a, a guest who's never been on the show before, uh, we like to do biography questions just to see kind of what the playgroup is like in your area and what got you into the game, get like a fresh perspective. So um, we we usually start with like, a, why did you get into Underworld specifically? So the short answer is it's because it's a low model count game but i've been playing since jade spire so it's definitely not a low model count game now because i've got every single warband right. um but i was, I was coming time. yeah at the time yeah absolutely um so i was coming from 
uh, Age of Sigmar and 40k where it requires hundreds of models sort of thing. And I was getting a bit burnt out, so I wanted to look at smaller model games. And I wasn't exclusively tied to GW, despite me playing Underworlds, Aeronautica, and uh, this Titan, I guess. I can't even say it. Um, but those ones grabbed me because it's it's less models to deal with. I mean, I've got all the warbands, but I don't have to have all the warbands. Whereas if I wanted to play a Major Sigma army, I'd have to have 100 models, whether I liked it or not. So that that's what first grabbed me towards Underworlds. Gotcha, cool. And and where in the world do you play? What's your scene? Uh, so where I live is in uh, South Wales in the UK. And I'm very fortunate that I have uh, Bristol Independent Gaming not far from me, Firestorm Games, Cardiff not far from me, um, if I wanted to go that further afield. But then I have two local gaming stores that ran back in the olden times, um, frequent events. Um, so even though I'm fairly remote, in terms of the UK at least, I am spoiled for choice. Um, I'm not even that far away from like the Reading circuit, which is a very competitive environment. I'm always uh, I'm always a little jealous of, of you guys in the UK just because there's so many places to play nearby and to choose from and if you want to travel it's like not that bad and then for yeah. me it's like if i want to play anywhere other than the rift it has to be like you know like a two-hour drive well like uh, warhammer world is a two-hour drive for me so it's, not it's really not that much of a yeah it's not i mean it's a two-hour drive isn't pop to the shops distance but it's not within the realms of impossibility if i wanted to go there for the weekend for instance yeah, I mean, if I had enough fligases around me, you know, I would just be playing all the time. That's that's how I'm pronouncing that, by the way. Don't now. don't do friendly that. local game store fligus. No one does. That's how it's pronounced. Fligus. No, I'm gonna make it a thing. Oh, you're okay. Like, well, it's a I'm thing gonna make now. it a thing like Wubar fligus. Yeah, I think so. All right. Um. So, Matt, what's your favorite underworld faction to play? Curse breakers. Easy. Curse breakers. Get out. Lame. <laughs> that's why I like them. Show's over. <laughs> <laughs> um did, yeah, did you uh, like them when they were op or after they were op you've put me in the box now aren't you what's i know yeah um i liked them i liked them despite them being op okay so the the fact that they're op is just gravy yeah yeah okay it's Spot just on. like uh it's just like uh like randall with his dark angels right now dark eldar Dark Elder. I don't. Dark know. Angels are pretty good too, but I don't. I don't have them. Oh, okay. Yeah, Drukario of the new of the new hotness yeah. in forty k. Dark Angels are also good though. I only know that because Randall's been talking to me about it constantly. Yeah, this is the. Like, they finally decided to make Dark Eldar the most OP faction in the game, and I can't play. Right. So, Nobody goes anywhere yeah, and plays. Good, exactly. good. Thanks, GW. Sure. And uh, so, why Curse Breakers? What's so great about them? I love rolling magic dice. Oh. Is right. and what's and what's better than one magic caster in the warband? Three, three, right? yeah, definitely. Um, I think yeah. in terms of models, my favorite warband would be Ulfari's Guardians. Mm, those are beautiful. That's true. Um, but yeah, Curse Breakers have a very um, soft spot in my heart. Um, I mained them during Night Vault, the height of their power. Um, right. But it's mainly because I just love throwing dice, like magic dice. 
I like I like That's rolling cool. dice anyway, and then so magic dice are a free more dice to my dice pool. So I mean, do it during the power step. It's beautiful. Yeah. All right. Uh, so how much glass do you have? This is usually our uh, our last couple of questions. We gotta we gotta establish you. How much how much glass are we talking here? Uh, Eleven skirmish trophies. Ooh, that was pretty good. Yeah. All right. And what'd you what'd you win them with? Uh, so I smattering. I, yeah, I, I took a leaf out of uh, John Wynn Reese's book where he would go to an event with a warband and retire them if he'd won. Mm-hmm. So I, I have, I've got a smorgasbord of quote-unquote winning warbands. Um, I think my first ever event I won with Iron Skulls. It was Iron Skulls versus Skaven back in Q2 Shadespire. I've been chasing um, that, that dragon for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think their ship has sailed now, sadly. Yeah, I know. I had I had uh, I had a decent chance, decent chance in the Beast Grave season. Fair. Missed it by that fair. much. Um, uh, any uh, Grand Clash best finish? What would you do? I finished thirteenth in the end of Night Vault. I think it was, it was it was the January Grand Clash at Warhammer World. It was like three years ago now. I can't remember the time specifically, but I came thirteenth. It was the last. Uh, the last Grand Clash where they only did it on one day. So I came 13th. I didn't make the cut because there was no cut. But um, I came 13th and it was my first ever Grand Clash. But it was, it's it's a testament to how great and balanced and flavorful Curse Breakers are that I managed 13th. Of course. Yeah. And then uh, and then you also played once uh, with... Uh, where was it? Oh, the last one at uh, Warhammer Worlds with... Uh, Warhammer World with um, Lady Harrows, you said. Yeah, um, which is why obviously I've I, I can speak fondly of Mon Flight because um, the deck then was just perfect and I just got ruined by stupid decisions by myself. Um, but yeah, I came like thirty. I, I didn't do badly because it was like one hundred and sixty odd people. Yeah, that was a huge but, one. I remember. Yeah. Um, and I came thirty first or face second. I was in the top. I was in the first big bracket sort of thing. So I wasn't too upset. Um, but yeah, that's so yeah, my, that's a that's pretty high out of a hundred and something. I mean, my, right. my median is, what, 24th? So I'll take that. That's good. That's good, yeah. man. Hey, listen. All right. Tell us about your 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 series, because um, you also run a couple of... Uh, you're a content provider yourself. Uh, you run the uh, the series with... The, the, the name alone, I'm just so mad that I didn't think of it first, because it's so good. Into the Glory Hole. Beautiful. Love it. Just the name alone. I don't even care. And uh, and 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 uh, then you also have uh, Road to the Grand Clash, which is your new series. Can you tell us about both of those? Sure. So, uh, Into the Glory Hole is the YouTube channel that me and my partner Laws have because um, it was shortly after the pandemic properly hit the UK, and I was placed on furlough. I don't know if you have furlough in, yep, in yep, the yep, US. We, but... we know it is. Yeah, yeah, some people have that. Cool. Uh, so I was placed on basically eighty percent pay, but. I was told not to come into work, so hey, I'm, why wouldn't I? Okay, great. Wait, wait, they paid you 80% of your... Salary? 80%? 80, wait, 80 there. Yeah. Eight, not, not one eight. Not nope, point eight. eight. Zero. No, eight zero. Yeah. So I, I lost a fifth of my wages, but I didn't have to come into work. All right, well, Max, I'll uh, see you later. I'll be moving to... I know, I think, we, I think we both have to, to move. England. <laughs> That's it. Well, bad news for you. It's, it, it's ending soon, but yeah. You can oh. go. 
um, but yeah, I was yeah. I was on furlough. She was still in work. Uh, we both work at the same place, but she um, she was more important than me, and she still is, to be fair. Um, sure. But I was just a bit bored at home, really rattling around like a spinster. Um, and so she suggested that she would. She was feeling sorry for me, basically, um, <laughs> and she she suggested that she play a few games with me just to keep me occupied. And then I just I just said, well, shortly before furlough. Uh, me and Loz went to visit Agents of Sigma. We actually played real-life games the week before lockdown hit in the UK. Okay. Um, and that sort of, like, put the seed in my head about doing a YouTube channel. And so we 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 more or less followed on from there after playing a couple of games. Loz thought, yeah, okay, this isn't terrible. I don't like it, but I can play it with you and have fun. Bless her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really. Yeah, I I can't speak highly of her because I I know she doesn't particularly enjoy it, but she enjoys having fun. If that makes sense. So, yeah. Nice. Um. So yeah, we've been doing that since. Well, it, it was a year ago last month that we started, so we're still relatively new. Um, but yeah. And well, then the I'm, new series, Road to the Grand Clash, is the, what what actually made me want to uh, get you on for this particular episode. Tell us about that. One. So. Uh, yeah, the series is basically aimed at me getting back to a competitive level. So I I don't consider myself a great player, but I do want to play competitively. So back before everything happened, because I was going to the events, I did consider myself competitive. And because when I was playing Loz, and she's not competitive in the slightest, and, and she'll say that more than I will. So I'm happy to say that as, as not me digging at her. Um, Obviously, my my keenness was dulled, sort of thing. So I, I was losing my edge. Um, so the idea with RTGC was for me to rehone that and get back to that fighting level. And at the same time, I wanted oh, just before I started doing that, Ravagers came out, and the Slaves of Darkness faction was my favorite faction in Age of Sigma. So I loved the models. So I thought it was good timing and i wanted to like evolve the deck into something very basic to start with into gradually a better deck so i thought it might be entertaining and um so far so good really right and that's the reason why we wanted to have you on this particular episode because you can actually go on youtube and and watch matt i'm talking to the audience now you can watch matt as he kind of goes through different iterations of the deck and makes choices about what to include and how to play them um, mm-hmm. so, so we thought that, uh, your insight would be very helpful because that's what, uh, you know, again, we're going through our, you know, warband backlog and, uh, and Ravagers was the, where we left off. So, uh, let's do that. And let's look at it from the point of view of, you know, more of the season has now been released. So, you know, uh, we're looking at it with more cards in play and more things that you can kind of do. So, uh, maybe we'll be talking about some stuff um that that maybe wasn't apparent at the time of their release all right guys so i think it's time to start talking about these fighter cards uh but before we do let's talk about their special mechanic this desecration mechanic uh matt you've been playing with these guys tell us how how does this desecration mechanic work so they have two main ways of desecrating tokens the objectives on the board uh all fighters have the sacrifice ability where if they are the fighter themselves or or are on an objective or the target is on an objective if they're taken out the objective token is desecrated so you just place an icon uh, a little token on it and then 
Daryl Cragen, aka Arrow Craig, my favorite, and Razek mm-hmm. have the, the spoil mechanic, uh, where if they're holding the objective come the end phase, uh, sorry, come the end of the action phase, uh, you place a spoil token on, or desecration token, sorry, on the objective. Right. So they just make a little dookie, all good, can't use that. So now, if uh, if the objective has a token on it, what does that mean? It can't be... Um, it, it basically stops objective scoring surges. So as soon as a enemy fighter moves onto that token, at the end of the power step, it gets removed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it stops surges, but if they have supremacy, for instance, then they can just wait and score it. Okay, so end phase scoring, no problem. Surge scoring, you have to wait another activation to for it to be open and you can actually hold that objective now correct okay and they can't and and uh can the objectives be moved when they're um when they're desecrated or no yeah uh it, uh, the desecration yeah. token moves with it if it moves gotcha all right cool all right so um and not only that this warband uh snap inspires that means all four of them inspire simultaneously if there are ever three desecrated objectives yeah. Right now, talk to me about that. It's a trap. <laughs> so, so full Admiral Akbar. It's a trap. Okay, explain why. Uh, because, I mean, obviously it's, it is matchup dependent, but with only two of them having the despoil mechanic, where they have to move on to a token to uh, dis- desecrate it. Uh, then they have to wait until the end of the action phase to actually desecrate it. It's very easily disrupted with um, distraction and the distraction-like cards um, and confusion. You know, any, any sort of uh, tech to move you off an objective because they're not on guard, so they they are prone to be pushed and driven off and whatnot. Um, right. And then and, good. go. On. No, I was just going to say, and I'm also like flipping between the cards back and forth from their inspired side to their non-inspired side. And they don't, they're kind of like a little bit like guardians in a way that they don't like gain too much by being inspired. Like they gain stuff, but it's not like a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, the the biggest change is the increased move and for the two guys extra block in the on the yeah. defense. Um, so with Kagra, obviously, it's, it's quite handy, especially in, in the current Voltron uh, meta where mm. you you buff one person up. Yep. yep. Um, but yeah, Kagra gains. Well, oh yeah, like her attack. Well, let's, her, let, let, let's talk about what she's got because I think we're up to that now. Um, so Kagra has the Demon Bound Mace, which is a one uh, range, two smash, three damage, which is pretty tasty to start with knockback. Um, the bottom slash line of three move, one block, and four wounds um that's pretty beefy to start yeah uh i i I feel like two smash three damage is quite a standard for the leader in most warbands i'm probably wrong by a country mile but that's how i feel i think we Um, see with the crushes don't we i think so yeah and i feel like scritch is also in but yeah yeah, i'm not really sure but um Um, yeah full health you think okay that's pretty decent but as the season has gone on for for health is not a, a safety net in any in any case really. 
Yeah, Morgok starts that exact same way. Um, a lot of those other guys like Vasilak and uh, Scritch, they get up to three damage when they're inspired. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, she, but, but when she inspires, she doesn't gain any damage, so... Which yeah, she's change. basically the same thing. Um, she just gains a little bit of speed and a little bit of uh, blocking ability. Yeah. Because it gains an extra extra defense die. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's Kagra. I mean, she's she's beefy. Uh, I, I think, she, I mean, she's definitely a strong fighter. And um, and uh, and she has the sacrifice uh, mechanic. So, again, anytime she kills something while she's standing on an objective or the opponent was standing on an objective that she killed, it becomes uh, desecrated. Yep. All right, cool. Now, next, we have Zarshia Bittersoul. Got a lot of stuff going on here. Zarshia Bittersoul, who has a... What is that called? Sorry, a sorcerer staff. I should really zoom in on this. She has a sorcerer staff, which is a, a two range, two smash, one damage, and then a spike tongue curse, which is a three range. Uh, she's a level two wizard, so it's two channels. Woo, that is accurate. Yeah. With uh, one, but it's only one damage. Bottom slash on a three one three on blocks. Uh, when she's inspired, she doesn't gain a whole heck of a lot. Her staff gains ensnare. Um, her Spike Tongue Curse actually gains two, uh, gains a damage, which is pretty good at range, especially on channels. Mm -hmm. um, but it says here, uh, the Spike Tongue Curse, if the attack action fails, then you suffer backlash. Yeah. That is, that is uh, I mean, it's a very accurate attack, but it even fails if your opponent, like, crits out of it. So, seems yep. like that would happen a lot. It does. Uh, yeah. A lot of people scoffed at the idea, thinking, oh, she's going to um, backlash constantly, but then they realized that because it's channel, she is actually more accurate. But then people obviously kept on reading further along the the mechanics and realized, oh, if I only roll one success and my opponent blocks or dodges and succeeds, then I'm taking one damage. Yeah. Exactly. Or gets out, of course, yeah. Sure. Um, Did you ever use the, um, what is that card where if you suffer backlash, you gain two glory? I think I think I did run it in one of my early iterations, but honestly, Zasha died so quickly, so often that I just right. quickly just stopped yeah. running anything based on her. Being, being three wounds, she's a bit of a target. Yeah, and she doesn't gain any additional blocks or movement. She stays at three movement as well when she yep. inspires. Um, so so yeah. not worth teching into at all. Like not on the player. It's a shame. Called right? Addicted to power. Yes. Nice. It says if you get if you are dealt damage by backlash, then it's a surge for two glory. Right, and so that would obviously also happen if that one damage killed her, because you're still taking the damage from the backlash. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, right. Okay, um, but still not great. Yeah, no, 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 no. It says some of the it says it says hold on. So it says good. score this immediately after a friendly fighter is dealt damage by backlash if that fighter is not taken out of action. Oh, that's even though. So now you only have two chances to do it. That sucks. Yeah. All right. Um, so, so kind of, kind of trash then. Yeah. It's funny that yeah. the wizard would be the Danglebra. It's thematic. Um, sure. If you look at obviously how the warband existed and how it came to be, um, it makes sense that they don't give two craps about Sasha. Um, but yeah, it's a shame because the faction card spells are really cool, but in my experience, because she dies so quickly so early on. And sometimes I'm, pl I'm placing her so she is killed early on. 
Mm. Um, I find it very little use trying to tack anything into her. Yeah, it's it's kind of like you know you can you can put five or six cards in your deck that make Zarsha do cool stuff, but if she dies, then you know a fourth of your deck is 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 gone, and she's Mm -hmm. the easiest to kill. So you end up just kind of using her as you know you put her in the front. Maybe she launches off some yeah, or yeah, or in the back, you know, and doesn't. You put her in the back and she doesn't do anything, or you put her in the front and she launches off some spells before she dies or whatever, and it's kind of awkward. Yeah. All right, all right. So kind of trash. All right. Um, Razik God bless has the Hellforged Axe, which is a one range two smash. Two damage with a bottom slash line of three one four on blocks gains a little bit of accuracy. Actually, you know, I gotta tell you, Razik kind of gains the most by being um, by being inspired. Gains mm. uh, an extra die on attack. A three smash attack is nothing to sneeze at. Um, four range, two block, and has the despoil mechanic, where if he's standing on something at the end of the action phase, it becomes uh, desecrated. All right. Um, what are you doing with Razik? He's, off, He's often my third wheel. So okay, uh, my two favorite are Kagger and uh, Daryl Kragen. But honestly, it's probably a coin toss between uh, Razik and Kragen. So if Kragen dies, I'm not upset because I've got Razik. If Razik dies, then I'm not upset because I've got Kragen. Gotcha. Yeah, it's whoever's He's in a better of... position at that point in the game. You know, yeah. If you, they become more relevant. They're both kind yeah, of these guys... equal. Alright. And then the um and then the Gartok to Razix uh, Zarkus. <laughs> we have Dower Kragen who has the who has the claw. I love yeah. the claw. Claw's great. He's got the Hellforged weapons, which are a one range, three on Furies, two damage attack, a three one four slash line, just like Razik has to begin. He's got the despoil mechanic got the sacrifice mechanic when he becomes inspired if he becomes inspired if you so choose or are able to he gains cleave not bad um and uh gains one gains uh one movement but his uh, defense characteristic stays the same and we like the three furies because you get a little bit more uh crit chances on those i guess yeah and i think just starting with three dice just just makes him a bit more Accurate in my mind. I I think I'm also romantically tied to loving Cleave, just Ooh. from back from being chased by where everybody and their dog had blocks. Uh, yeah, except for the dogs. Yeah, <laughs> that had dodges, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, I gotta tell you something. These guys, I mean, you know, I they're a little bit, you know, because we play we played a game and I was I was looking at them across the table and I'm like. Yeah, you know what? It's it's a lot of stats to start. You know, but they don't like they don't get too much more too much scarier as the game goes on. It's kind of like they're very even keeled. I feel like they, they don't really gain too much by being inspired and it's kind of hard to inspire them. So basically what you see across the table is basically what you're going to get for the entire game. Yeah, you you made a good comparison earlier about saying um they're similar to Alfaro's Guardians, where they don't really gain much. It's handy if they do, but it's not—it's not a game plan. Right, exactly. So it'll happen if it happens, and if it doesn't, then you just go with what you got, and that's a pretty—it's a decent toolkit to start. Yeah. So, um, yeah. All right. So that's good. All right. Cool. 
So, um, how do you play these guys? They're just like Magora Part 2? I wish. Uh, I love aggro, yeah. but they are basically Magors, but worse. All right. So, kind of like GoBots compared to Transformers? Yeah, sure. Or Digimon right. okay. to Pokemon sort of thing. Yeah. Right, exactly. I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so, a slightly worse, but kind of okay version of the original? Yeah, well... The good thing about Magors, I don't know if they... I think they are slightly more accurate, but they more or less have the same damage output. But they have more mechanics to get more attacks in. Yep. Um, so I think Ravagers want to play aggro, but Mag Magors do the same, but better. So it's... Yeah. The, I often call them limp-wristed, my Ravagers, because they just flail at you. Sure. I mean, you, right. you, you, saw, you saw that in our game, so... Yeah. It's like Matrix versus Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Got it. Okay. Much, Matrix Reloaded wasn't terrible. It just wasn't as good. All right, cool. So the next thing that we like to do is we like to go through... Now that we now that we know the war band... <laughs> Matrix Reloaded like has talk some about... flashy new stuff in it, but... But it's just... Yeah, exactly. The, yeah, it just <laughs> wasn't... It didn't advance the story as well as we wanted it to, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, so next we're going to talk about the cards. Um, and remember, we only like to talk about the cards that we think are worth talking about. So um, we're going to talk about... Um, uh, so again, we, we split it up into auto-includes. Like these are cards where if you decide to play Ravagers, you're going to play this card. This card just goes in your deck. It doesn't matter how you're planning on playing them. It's just too good. You have to have it in there. And then um, we'll also talk about other cards that we think might be good in like fringe cases, depending on how you want to play or what the meta is like right now. So let's get started. Let's talk about um, Brutal Desecration. It would have probably been smart if I had my card uh, editor ready to go. Um, but of course I don't because Brutal Desecration. Would. Go ahead. Help me out. Save me, man. What do you got? Uh, so you just, it's a surge for uh, desecrating an objective. Yeah, it's which, a surge. Score um, this immediately after your warband desecrates an objective. Yep. Parentheses. I got it, I got see it. desecration tokens and parentheses. <laughs> exactly. All right. So sounds like you're going to do that anyway. Right. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I, I just smack talked desecration, um, but I feel like. Desecrating one token is a lot easier than doing three. Yes, exactly. All right. So you're going to definitely take that one because you're, you're going to desecrate something at some point. Yes. Yeah, at Whether least one. By and play then, or by, yeah, yeah, and it also goes in with another card we're going to talk about coming up. But when, when you see that other card coming up, this works yep. amazing with that. Yep. All right. So the next one is called Malevolent Exploits. And this is a yep. surge, and now I have the thing in front of me so I can read it. Uh, score this immediately after playing your third or subsequent power card in a single power step. So not even in gambits, which sometimes is the case. This is a power card, so it could be upgrades as well. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's nice and flexible. Yes. All and right. a lot of times and with that's... this warband, you want to set up, you know, one big attack. You know, like you want to put like two upgrades on somebody use a ploy make sure they get more accuracy or move move them with like a push or something like that and you know suit them up with uh maybe some sort of weapon attack or like great strength or something like that and you know focus everything mm -hmm. all on one attack in the round well why yeah. not score uh an objective while you're trying to do that yeah for doing that okay. yeah 
Yeah. Or good. you can get a bonus glory. You can do all this, get a glory because it's a surge, and then use one of the like um, the dominance relics or whatever. Any anything that makes you like spend a glory to do an extra action, so, something like that. Yeah, the like crown of the dead. Spend yeah, the crown glory. of the dead. Yeah, the, gauntlet the, of dominance the or the other one, uh, vision of glory, something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. Go- it's ga- gauntlet of c- command. Command. Oh, okay. yeah. But they're, they're they're the mortis relics, but. We haven't done this in like three months. We don't remember any of the names or anything. <laughs> we have to be getting back into it. We're just we're getting our feet. I was close enough, this, okay. Close enough, right? We're we're just trying to right, inform. I got it. So, yeah, we got it. All right. So uh, another one that you really liked over there was uh, Raised Realm, and this is a uh, this is an end phase scoring score. If there are two or more, that's it. Just two desecration tokens on the battlefield. And it's in an end phase, so if you're if Dower Craig is standing on something at the end, it should be desecrated at that point. Yeah, so it's along the same lines as brutal desecration, where you're going to be getting it passively without even really trying, because if you if you want to, you can just park for two guys, and yeah, okay, your opponent might be able to push one off, but it's I found in my games it's very feasible to get at least two. Okay, so two is kind of like the feasibility limit. Then after that, you're really going out of your way to try to get three? Yes, I would say so. Okay. All right, cool. So those are the ones that we think are auto-includes. If you're playing these guys, these are things that are just going to happen in the course of the game anyway, so you might as well be scoring off of it. Um, Now, we're just going to talk about one that you thought was kind of good in the current meta. You said you were liking On the Dark Road. Uh, This is a hybrid... Uh, one glory end phase card. Uh, if one or more surviving friendly fighters each have three or more upgrades, or if each surviving friendly fighter has one or more upgrades. So that means you can either have everybody's got one or one guy's got three. So what are you trying to do there? It's often, I see it as a redundancy to show a force because they're quite similar in their scoring mechanic yeah okay you can score show force by getting into the enemy territory but again the vulture and meta where you are stacking everybody everything on one person at the moment um it just plays well into it really right. yeah i and like trying to beef too. up kagra yeah i i definitely want to load up kagra with with everything usually but then like if she ends up dying then you can just put an upgrade on like kragan and um Razik, and then you yep. can score this too, because like if if she dies and Zarsha dies, and then you just have those two, you can put one on each, and you can still score it. But even if only one person is alive, if they have right. one, they upgrade, have one, at least one, yeah, yeah. So you can score this every game, basically. Yeah, I, I'm yet to not score it. Yeah, but so yeah, okay. it is only um, one. Then... But since it's so easy to get, it's it's nice to have. Yeah, especially if you're planning on beefing up one anyway um so then we also were saying that judgment call you might want to look at based on how you're playing them um either glorious slaughter or hurricane of violence depending on how like full out you're going so we said uh glorious slaughter which is score this in an end phase if three or more enemy fighters are out of action or uh, Hurricane of Violence, which is score this in an end phase. If friendly fighters attack actions took two or more enemy fighters in enemy territory out of action in the preceding action phase. So talk about what cases you might want to consider these two cards. Uh, so Glorious Slaughter is my 
I tend to favor more because it doesn't force me to it, it doesn't it doesn't dictate the arena that I'm fighting in if that makes sense so I, I don't have to be in the enemy territories so if they want to come to me then that's fine because I can just hopefully kill two of you and or three of you sorry um, yeah. and, and again Glorious Slaughter tends to only really be scored towards the end of the game um, and only and there's certain warbands where that's very difficult yeah like like uh, especially with the elite warband. So if you're playing Nurgle, like I mean, it's as you might as well be playing Annihilation. Annihilation. But if you're yes. playing, yeah. But if me, if you're playing, you know, any of the, you know, um, you know the 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 lizard men, or if you're playing against, you know, if somebody's playing Thorn still, um, or or Gits, um, that's pretty good. Yeah, and it's just it's just the flexibility I like really. Like I said, where you don't have to, you you're not dictated by the card, by the go. Right, you're a little dictated by the matchup, though. Yes, yeah, but that, yes. that's not that's not that's not so much you can help. Right, and then there's Hurricane of Violence, um, which uh, is uh, if you can if you can get two guys if you're going full on aggro and you're planning on just bum rushing them, and uh, you know just just wrecking their whatever they got going on, uh, maybe go Hurricane of Violence. Yeah, yeah, I like having one style. of these. You know, either either or, because um, it is definitely an aggro warband, and the Hurricane of Violence, they both score two, right? They both score two yeah, in so the end phase. The, yeah. the, the, it's, it's a little bit of a reach sometimes, especially Hurricane of Violence, because it depends on, you know, you having good rolls in one round and the enemies being in the territory. But, like, getting, you know, the, you know killing two guys and then scoring an extra two is, is a big swing, and you really need that in... In uh, today's game, yeah, I, I do think they're both kind of bubble cards, though, just because they are a little tough to get, but they're worth two, and we need some good end phase scoring. So, and not take a look at them, give them a look, try them out, see if they feel good. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How, how do we feel about? It? So, those are the objectives that we thought were worth it. Um, let's move on to the gambits. Um, we have a couple absolute auto includes which are uh what the first one is called ritual desecration and this is like straight out of you know magor with their furious inspiration basically this is pretty great pick one objective token in the same hex as a friendly fighter desecrate that objective see desecration tokens card that fighter is inspired yeah this card's yeah. awesome this is it has it's to be basically regal vision but then it also does the uh desecrate and and it also you don't have to you can be playing one of the characters that doesn't you can play it on one of the characters that doesn't have the desecrate action or reaction yep. um and still do it mm -hmm. and it also helps you score the brutal desecration so if you get brutal desecration and ritual desecration in your opening hand it's really easy to get you know to get rolling in the game you know you can get you get inspired and you're able to put an upgrade out really quickly in the game and that helps, you know, uh Kagra out immensely. And like you? the first activation of the game, if you can inspire Kagra and put like great fortitude on her, then you're set for like you know, making sure that she's effective. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh Matt, if not Kagra, who are you using that on? Personally, uh Kragan because of the aforementioned a romantic notion of cleave right he Crap. gets um, he gets pretty strong when when he's inspired 
But he has the three dice. Yeah, but you're spoiled for choice because Razek isn't exactly crap. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, but yeah, um, getting the three dice with cave is, is nice on uh Kragan. Yeah. And then Razek, he um he gets three dice. Same damage, no cleave, but he gets two shields on uh, defense, which yeah. is cool. You can like run him up in the enemy's territory, play this. He gets inspired. You desecrate that token. They can't get it. You know, it's 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 real good. Yeah, spawn. All right, let's move or on. Or you can do what uh, I did. You can you can like uh, move him there, put him on guard, and then use this. And then he has yeah. two dice on guard. Yeah, that's I like that. This card's just great. You put it. I, I think. I think you would put this in every deck without even questioning it. Yep. Even right, if you, even if you don't care, no. even if you don't care no, about desecration. No. It doesn't matter. Just get him inspired, right? Exactly. Yeah. Even yeah. even if you're not yeah. playing with uh, brutal desecration or the other one where you have to desecrate too, I think you still do this. Still take it. Yeah. Absolutely. Get inspired. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to ravaging advance. Oh, I got in there. All right. Ravaging Advance, we think, is another auto-include. It's particularly good early in the game. Um, push each friendly fighter that is not in enemy territory up to one hex towards enemy territory. So it's just like a massive uh, sidestep, but you have to push everybody towards, which is kind of what you're probably going to be doing with these guys anyway. Matt, yeah, what do you think? So, uh, do you like sidestep? Well, do you I love sidestep. sidestep yeah. Do you want sidestep times four? Here you go. I would love sidestep times four. Because I'm a big, I'm just like an absolute sucker for action economy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. You have to push towards enemy territory, and that has caught me out a few times when I was close to enemy territory, and I thought I was going closer, but it didn't actually work out because I can't do maths. But um, but it is just a very good utility card because you can just get the extra movement effectively. I feel you, especially when they're uninspired and they need the help, and um, at three move. Okay. Yeah, that's it's um, just amazing, and, and this the you know it does have that one restriction where it has to be towards enemy territory, but there's a lot of things you can still do with that. You know, you can you know push somebody, you can put it just has to be towards enemy territory, so that could mean a lot of things. And you can like push the you can like situate it so you can push a guy like behind somebody and then come in with a supporting attack, and mm -hmm. you can get away from stuff even if you know you can get away from you know, if they do a push to try to attack you without moving, without charging, then you yep. can get away from it. It's just all around a super good card. Can it does have that one set, restriction, though, that you have to plan around. You can yeah. also set the objectives in front of the starting hexes. Right. Mm -hmm. So that when you, if you get that in an opening hand, um, you can you can move on to them with it. Yeah, or you can yeah, put it in like gonna... no man's land and push a guy right onto it, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, it's probably the ideal situation where you've won objectives, so you have three in front of your starting axes, and then you have uh, Ravaging Advance in hand, and so then first power step, you're getting three guys on objectives. And if, even and it's just creating a difficult choice then for your opponent. So who are you going to go for? Are you going to go for Kaka, yeah. who's probably yeah, going to be like Yeah, then you have that like ticking time bomb at the end of the round. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Also, right. super useful Speed. if they try to like deploy way in the back, or they try to do the diagonal board mm -hmm. on you, or the long board on you, or something like that. And getting a little closer to the the mid is really useful. Yep. 
And we're talking about um, a, we were talking about some ideas of cards. If you're going to want to really lean into the desecration mechanic, uh, you mentioned Rack the Land, which says pick one objective token in an empty hex within one hex uh, of one or more friendly fighters and desecrate that objective. So if you're within the sunflower of uh, an objective anywhere yeah. in there, you can you can get it done. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other one was spurred on, which is a reaction. Uh, it's restricted to your leader, so Kagra has to be on the table when you play it. Play this after a friendly leader's move action. Choose another friendly fighter. That friendly fighter makes a move action. So if you're... Pl- well, that, that actually would probably be good even if you weren't playing uh, Desecration. But, I mean, it does get... You can you can attack with Kagra in that case and then move one of your other little guys onto something, especially at the end of a round. Yeah, uh, personally for me, the only reason why it isn't an auto-include because it is extra mo- a mobility um, is because I was hopelessly misplaying it at the beginning, and so I sort of mentally scarred myself. Oh, okay. Well, what were you doing? Um, I was making so, so a move action. So learning experience with, here, yeah. Yeah, so I was making a move action with Razek, and then I was doing a charge with um, Kagra, and then try and play Spurred on, on Razek, for instance, and obviously you can't because he's already got a move token on him. So I was getting um, back in front, basically. I, is, is that true? Um, it doesn't say no. I think that I think you can do a move action even if you already have a move token. I think you'd be able to use it in that case. So you're saying that you you would you would do something with like Razik, and then Kagra would uh, would um, would move or charge. Mm-hmm. Then you would play this. I think you can move them after that. I think you could do a second move. They get a second token. This is probably why I discounted the card because I get I get confused about it. It was, it was it, there was a very specific combination where you I would use or I would try and use spirit on and I couldn't do it. Um, and I think I, I then got hung up on it and then more cards came out that I preferred, so I rotated it out. It's not a bad card by any stretch, but for me, I found other cards that were better. It depends on how cavalier you're being with Kagra, actually. Yeah, a little bit. Because I, I think it's more about keeping her on the table than yeah. it's a utility. Right. Yeah. All right. So that's it. And um, we were looking at the spell gambits, but we said Zarsha is a piece of trash. So why would we do that? Yeah, but it's it's a shame because uh, I, I don't know them specifically. Um, but there's the one spell where you basically, I think you need, you need two channels. So it's quite difficult to cast. But you just pick up a fighter and you plot them elsewhere on the board. So their uh, faction yeah. spells are really good, but because you're relying on Zasha and Zasha is crap, let's move on. Don't even bother. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, let's talk about upgrades. Okay, auto include just because it's awesome. Hellfire Sword. He gets to be. You can make one of your guys into Lord Beric and Darian. Yeah. You know, just get like get the, like that flame sword. You know, just like kind of like you know, just like just like put your hand on it and go like. You and then go fight. and start killing killing ice zombies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All and right. It's not, and it's not a boomerang, just so we're clear. It's not a boomerang. So I, in my mind, everybody, and this is, I'm, I'm not talking to the audience. In my mind, I, I, I full on thought the Hellfire Sword was like a boomerang. Like you threw it the way that like Darth Vader throws his, you know, throws his lightsaber sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I literally thought that's what it was. Like it was a boomerang. And uh, you guys were telling me that that is not how it works. No, it's a flamethrower. It's a flamethrower, which, by the way, is still awesome. But I yeah, think not absolutely. as awesome it's as a, a heavy flamethrower. Lying, yeah. like a flying, 
flame sword. I think yeah, I, would, I wouldn't be upset if it was a flaming boomerang. Don't be wrong, right? But okay. to my mind, it's more like a flamethrower. We got to retcon this thing. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's a flamethrower. It is not the lightsaber throw. Uh, I, I think I think that's uh, Star that's Wars. Nerd. Okay. get out of here. This is Warhammer. Speaking of which, whatever, man. So speaking of which, Hellfire Sword is a three range, two smash, two damage, which is nothing to sneeze at. Um, the only thing is, you can only put it on Kagra or Razik. Um, yeah. But still, yeah, like to get up to yeah. three range with a decent attack. Yeah, it's not bad at all. I think I used it against you to kill uh, the Widow Kaiva who sat at the back. Yeah, oh, yes, you did actually from range. I remember that. And she was the... in a bad spot too. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of the few highlights of that game. Um, but yeah, I just love the how thematic it is first and foremost. It's a flaming sword. It's a flaming I mean, sword. It's the That's rule it. of cool, which exactly. is the number one rule. Yes. It's yeah. the first rule. If it's cool. And the most important thing is to have fun. All right. We love uh, Bolstered by Hate and Ruinous Might, but I don't think it's really worth talking about because plus one wounds and plus one strength is always great. Yep. Yes. Yeah, they're basically just carbon copies of great strength and great fortitude, but those are things that you really need in this warband. Mm -hmm. But also at the the time as well, um, Vanguard-wise, Vanguard rules, a great strength Mm -hmm. and great fortitude didn't exist. Mm. Never do because of the essential card. Oh, if you're but, playing Vanguard, where you can only play with stuff in the box or something like that. Only, only uh, cards from uh, the current, current season. season. Oh, so Dire Chasm doesn't have great fortitude and great strength. No. You're saying? No, okay. no, they didn't. Because okay. remember, they did that whole different thing with the right, uh, right, with right. the uh, the starter set, which was cool. But then they put them in the in the essential card pack. Apparently, the essential card pack will never rotate out, so we don't ever have to worry about that again. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, but uh, two things that we liked uh, besides the Hellfire Sword because it's cool and a decent attack. And of course, Bolter Behate Runus Might. Always good. Uh, grudging Defense. We like this one. You're on guard. That's it. Yep. You're just on guard. No stipulations. That's pretty so good. So there, there was an early, oh, I say early, there was a, I think it's a Beast Grave card where it's, Identical, but it makes you a quarry, and everyone and their dog took it. Oh right, and that's restricted. Um, oh, I don't remember. Oh, I don't remember the name already. Well, because we haven't played with it in a long time. Nobody plays it anymore. Oh man. Uh, it's gonna come to me. This is not it's worth the time. I'll, we'll I'll, I'll find it. it now. Um. So yeah. So that's pretty good, though. I mean, on guard, no stipulations, so you don't have to worry about you know somebody playing victimize on you or something like that. Doesn't matter. Yep. You're laughing. Okay, cool. And obviously then, ideally, you, you're putting on somebody who's inspired, so they have two blocks as well. Right. All right. Oh, that's the dream. And, yeah. and another one we that said card was, was called okay. Survival Instincts. Survival yeah. Instincts. How did I not know that one? Because we haven't played with it. Because we haven't played with it since it got restricted. A long time. God damn it. All right. Um, if you're playing aggro, you also like Conqueror's Cloak. This is a plus two move on an on a thing. It's usually not two. It's usually one if it's an upgrade. The only thing is, you have to be making a charge action. You're gonna do that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it, it it just helps them being three slash four move, doesn't it? Yeah. It's as good as uh, it's it's as good as Spectral Wings to be to be perfectly fair. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, because what do you do with Spectral Wings? You play it once, and then you make a charge. So this is the same thing, only maybe you get to do it twice. 
Yeah. Or, or you can play it with spectral wings and do plus four. Oh man, and just go ridiculous. Woo-hoo. I want I want to go in that hex, please, and just just right. break your way over. I want to go in whatever hex I choose, please. <laughs> yeah. yes. And it's a, it's a little bit sure. like Malcolm Grace, except it doesn't have um the the downside the to it. Thing. Yeah. And All also right. these these guys don't really like if you were playing a warband that cared more about positioning, like being like getting on objectives or something like that. Then maybe you'd use a different card, but this one that you know, since these guys are mostly an aggro warband, the the fact that you have to use it on a charge doesn't really matter. It's not really in, a unless you you know unless you just really wanna you know desecrate something when you're done. Maybe a little extra on the end gets you on the other side of a target, mm-hmm. and then lets you like step on a you know if there's an you know an objective token maybe on the other side of the target, and you just want that's where you want to land. Yeah, so. and obviously if you have the Hellfire Sword as well, then you're, you've got oh, even man. more flexibility. And Hellfire with it, geez, that's like what is that a threat range of nine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. That's still pretty great. All right, cool. Um, so those are the faction cards that we thought were worth it. So now we get to go to card awards. All right, good card awards. Uh, the first card award that we give is called the Hunting Aspect Award. This is for the. Um, a Dangle Bro specific shitty card. Because there's always this one card in every expansion for the Dangle Bro that, like, who would ever play this? And we liked uh, Power, what is it, with Power Reclaimed? Yeah. That's the Zarsha one, right? Power Reclaimed. Yeah. Uh, this says, this is a ploy, so you got to give up a ploy spot just for Zarsha. If, if, uh, if your leader is out of action... The friendly Zarsha is the leader, so okay, so she's gonna be leader. Which, by the way, I hear is very uh, thematic. You get one uh, wound, and you gain a wizard level, and it persists until that fighter is out of action. So I guess you get to be the leader now. It's kind of like boss hat. Um, you get some wounds. You get a little bit better on the wizard thing. So I mean, I've never really liked with Zarsha? Like this, where it's like your leader you... dies, and then this guy becomes the leader. I don't know. Exactly. What if your leader doesn't die? Yeah, what is and also, for? to be fair, if at the time Z- uh, Kagura is dead, then Zasha go into four wounds, but only one block, because her defense dice doesn't improve with this card. Right, doesn't change, right? She's and dead. Probably, yeah, what are you going to do? Like, try to, you know, like, load her up with spells and try to get uh, Kagura dead just so that you can do this? Then the card has to come up. Yep, it's it's could, just could, uh, could be bottom decked. Like it's just not something that you can like do. No, I mean, yeah, like I said, well, like you said, it is thematic because the warband originally was led by Zasha until Kagura got fed up with her being crap, literally. Right. Um, so it, I I like that aspect of it, but power play wise, it's I can't imagine anyone ever taking it, even if you loved Zasha. So, yeah, no, it's, it's just not, nothing. All right. Yeah, the fact so, that you can't just put it on her has to be after Kagra dies. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So Power Reclaimed, uh, the hunting aspect award for this particular warband. Uh, the next one we have is the Aggressive Defense Award. This is the most confusing card to use in the set. Uh, we said Desecrator, Desecrator Gauntlets, which is a uh, an upgrade reaction. After this fighter's move action, push one adjacent enemy fighter one hex so you move and why would you 
move next to somebody and then move them? Why wouldn't you just attack them and try to push them? The only very narrow time I would ever see it being feasible is if you move next to a fighter who's adjacent to a lethal hex and you push them into the lethal hex and that lethal hex is still adjacent to your fighter so then you can bop them in the face and kill them but it's such a narrow right and they're at exactly one health so knocking them into it would kill them otherwise why would you do it why not just attack them and try to get two damage off of them well, I mean, you can still, obviously, if you charge and then moving them with Desecrated Gauntlets into the Lethal Hex to take off the damage, and then, because they're within range, you still continue the charge action, attack them, and then you're in range, you're, you're in theoretical damage potential to kill them. It's so a more very, confusing very... why you would want to use it. Yeah, and it's gotcha. just it's just a very, very narrow set of circumstances I could ever see it being applied, and I hopelessly misplayed it at the beginning as well, so I'm not a fan of it in the slightest. Gotcha. All right. Um, all right, and then we get on to everybody's favorite, the Unintentionally Sexual Card Name Award. Um, super easy. Anything with desecration, any of the ones say desecration, uh, anything with de- that, that say that word in it, obviously. Um, spurred on... I think you change a couple letters in there and it's like really dirty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, spurred, uh, malevolent spurred on. That's my vote. Spurred on. It's like, you know, you know, you're having, you know, that's what, you know, the the porn stars do. They 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 do their thing and then at the very end No, no, not. okay. You know, <laughs> moving I mean? on. Uh, okay, malevolent exploits, of course, because your exploits should always be malevolent in the bedroom. Um, ravaging advance and uh, and bolstered by hate. I mean, there's there's definitely some some situations. Bolstered. Case. I don't know. What do you guys? What, what do you want to give it to? Spurred I like spurred on. on. I think if you I think if you say spurred on, it's not sexual. Spurred if on. You say like spurred on. Like at get the end, on. you got, you got yeah, spurred, spurred on. on your face. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So there we go. So like you know, <laughs> right, we're never having you hole, back on the show, Matt. That was unacceptable. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So we're going to go with Spurred Out. Let's give it a Spurred Out. All right. Next, we have uh, Grawl. The Grawl Award is my favorite award because it's the single best thing about this warband. Matt, what is your favorite thing about this warband? Uh, the Flaming Sword. So good. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the lore, too. Like, like I said about, obviously, Zasha getting thrown into the bin by Kagura because she got fed up. But... um. Yeah, flaming sword. Who doesn't like a flaming sword? If you don't like a flaming sword, you should put the game away. I know. I feel like this is basically the game for people who love flaming swords to begin with. Yeah, and we finally got one. It's we not finally have you. a flamethrower in Underworlds. Finally, right? If you're a water spoon guy, then get out. Yeah, exactly. No water spoons. <laughs> no way. No way. I got you on that. Uh, my, I'm going to give the Grawl Award to the claw on Kragen's cloak. I, I just like the idea that a guy would be like, I'm going to slice that guy's arm off and then I'm going to wear it for eternity. And I think that's just, that's style. It's a weird cloak. I mean, like, it's got like Lizardman scales on it. Yeah. yeah. Do you think but... PETA would be okay with that? I, I, I'm I'm kind of surprised yeah, lizard, that you have man. gotten a call. People anyway. They're, just, you know, uh, sure, they're not right. even from this planet. PETA aren't real people either. So. All right. Randall, what's your favorite thing? Matt took mine. Oh yeah, the flaming sword. Yeah, so good. Yeah. What? It's okay. We can give it to the flaming sword. I think that that is definitely the case. All right. Um, the next uh, and final award is the didn't even want it award. 
And this is the single worst thing about the Warband, things we wish it wasn't doing. I think there's a little bit more heft on this end. Uh, Matt, what do you think? I think me and Randall chose the same one again. The Wizards. Oh, yeah. uh, mine again? Uh, She's just... Yeah. Why? <laughs> I'd rather have a three-man Warband, if I'm honest, because I'm not giving a glory to my opponent. Yeah, true. Yeah, she's much. just she's just so poor and she gets backlash even when we try and get her into the fight she'll hit herself exactly. it's just pointless and randall you agree wizard lady out i mean it's just the the, the fact that i i thought that that part of this warband would be would really set it apart from the other ones but it just didn't end up working out and i've tried you know building a deck around making sure that Zarsha is relevant, and it's just not as good as not doing that. Bit of an uphill so battle. It's, it's a letdown. Yeah, my 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 thing is the the, the inspiration mechanic. Uh, I just I, I I don't like it when I don't like it when 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 warbands are t- are tough to to inspire. I, I think that that's kind of like one of the bigger flavors in the game is like, oh yeah, you have these guys, but then this happens, you know. And it's like, right. oh, now I got to think about like what happens when they inspire. And I feel like that's kind of like removed from this warband. Um, and and I just wish there was a little bit more there. On paper, it's a great idea. Yeah, maybe if it was but... only two, but that, then I feel like that would be too easy. Three's a little too tough. It's weird. Yeah, but even if it's just two, they're so easy to like undesecrate if that makes sense so i wouldn't be upset if there was you know like how the vampires now have if they are inspired but then they get more than three hundred tokens they, they they become uninspired yeah. why didn't they have that sort of mechanic uh, you, uh, uh, yeah okay so if it's like if if there are two that are are desecrated then they're inspired but if it's less than two they become uninspired again yeah sort of thing yeah. but yeah, it, it, it's just a, a swing and a miss by GW. I think. Yeah, warbands right. with sucky inspiration mechanics are no fun. Yeah. All right, so Matt, I have in here, now that we're moving on, uh, we've kind of gone over everything from the pack that we wanted to talk about. Um, I have here in the show notes that you want to rant about Slick Rock for a second. Yeah, Slick Rock, you piece of crap. I'm Go for it. Go swear. for it. You have... You have 60 seconds to tell me about Slick Rock. It just immediately counters what I need to be doing, what I, what I needed to be doing at, at the time, especially when I was doing a Vanguard format. So I was trying to lean into Desecration more. And it's just like, it's a hard counter. So it's just it's just so frustrating. And there's no downsides. Yes, okay, if you can't get pushed into that direction, you don't get pushed. But no, not come on, really? It's just not a thing. And... It, yeah, it's just so beyond frustrating because there's literally no downsides to it. It's like how Grand, uh, Great Concussion and Great Earthquake back in Chase mm. Days got banned. Or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, Concussion got banned. Um, it's it's not so bad anymore. I have I have cooled on it a bit, especially when in Championship it doesn't feature as much. I was playing Vanguard and it was in, and it was in everybody, everybody's deck. Um, but yeah, it's verging on a negative play experience yeah you you can try to you can kind of see what they were trying to do when they made Mm -hmm. this card like they you know they'd be like oh objectives are very strong and we should have you know give you know make a a general a generic card that 
gives everybody the opportunity to sort of have some counterplay to it, but it's just way too good, like the way it works. And it's a bit of an yeah. overcorrection also. Yeah, yeah. The fact that it's yeah. a reaction and you can just kind of slam it down out of nowhere and it, it has a lot of during... text on it, but it's still not very like, doesn't really have any restrictions, you know? It's just whenever anybody moves on to an objective and it's just like, no, you don't do that. And then the fact that it works on charges too is very annoying. Yep. Yeah. My, my least favorite thing about Slick Rock is that every time I land on an objective, if I haven't seen Slick Rock, I'm like, you got Slick Rock? You got Slick Rock? Right. Yeah. Right. Slick Rock, and it's like playing <laughs> against, yeah, it? you can play against it. Every time but, I do it. You know, they could just not play it. You know, you could be like, oh, I'm going to move on to this objective in the back and maybe he'll play Slick Rock and then I can charge later. And it's like, the guy's like, no, I, I I pass, I pass, and you're like, damn it! Pass. It's like, uh, does he have it though? <laughs> they like oh, look yeah, at their I hand hate. and they're just like, hmm. Uh, actually, I pass, and you're like, just play fucking slick rock. Yeah, if I, was, if, I was the, if I was an opponent yeah. and I saw somebody umming and ahhing about going on to an objective, even if it wasn't in my hand, I would take a ploy and put it in my hand as if oh, I was going it to play like it. that. Yeah, I'd be like, hmm. So, so for that reason, I love it, but. For me, it, it it it's such a game-ending mechanic for me because it, the, the Ravagers are difficult as it is. Yeah. I definitely want a card like Slick Rock to exist in the game, but it's just too much, I think, in my opinion. If it came out after Grimwatch were running Riot, well, I mean, it did technically, but if it came out shortly after Grimwatch were running well, Riot, I think Grimwatch would have been nixed somewhat. In, oh, and in... don't forget, Thorns were really strong at that time, too. For the same yeah, reason. right, right. But yeah, it all, I guess that's true too. It also kind of came out at a time when we were sort of moving on from the sitting on objectives rush. is the best way to play the game. Yeah, and, and, and now when you're sitting on objectives, on it, it really yeah. matters. Whereas, like, it used to be like, ah, it's okay, I'll get it on the next one. Exactly. Like, no yeah. Grimwatch, Grimwatch will just do it, anyway. to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's more impactful now because now when people are standing on things, there's like a damn good reason why they want to do it. Um, all right, so we're, we're going to move on, though, because I just want to make sure that we get to this section. Uh, Matt, whip out your deck. All right, so we have yeah. your we have your Ravagers deck here. Have you made any uh, any changes to it since then? Or no, since we, um, since, we, since we last spoke, you guys ripped it into shreds, and I just cried about it. what we do. Come on, man. All right, <laughs> that's, you know, we're looking at it. We're, 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 it, it you got you to think about, you know. Just because something is like logically makes sense on paper doesn't mean that in reality it's actually going to do something. So, um, so I don't know. We just gave you ideas, um, but let's take a look what you got over here. So, for your objectives, you've chosen uh, show of force, uh, team effort, which is another good one for anytime you have four or less team efforts. Not not bad. Um, brutal desecration, of course. You like glorious slaughter, mm -hmm. right? Um, malevolent exploits, which we talked about on the dark road, raised realm. You like all these guys. We talked about them earlier. Um, awesome predators. Cause I assume you would be playing, uh, primacy with this, right? Yep. Clean kills. Oh, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, <laughs> savage exemplar. All right. Uh, immediately after your leader's attack action, cause you're going to be doing certainly some stuff with your leader, yep. a surge of aggression, get the primacy all good. Um, or if you friendly fighters sell successful attack action with a damage characteristic of four plus, so you just put you know create strength on on uh on your leader and you're good to go. And yep. strong start, which I think is good for these guys because they're definitely gonna be dealing some damage if they get to go. Right. So um 
What do we think about these objectives? Any particular things you want to discuss on this one? Yeah, just the caveat that clean kills got put in because how I was playing, it was quite straightforward to do. Um, but this I'm is not a scoring sure. an end phase if enemy fighters with a combined wounds character characteristic of six or more are out of action and no enemy fighter has one or more wound counters. So not only do you have to have dealt at least six no you'd have to have killed things that have a combined wound characteristic so that means like a four and a two or a three and a three they're out and you've just been focusing guys down yeah so when i was playing with the in the rtgc ser uh, series mm -hmm. i was often concentrating on one getting them killed because none of them i mean kagura was but the others don't do enough damage really to kill the people who are getting thrown towards them in one shot Mm -hmm. Um, so I was having to concentrate on them. So okay, I was doing two damage on one person. It was like a hit, obviously. So then I have to attack him again with somebody else. Um, clean kills is likely my weakest entry in that objectives, and I I haven't looked at the newer cards that have come out with the Oryx, um since. So I'm probably I'm going to be rotating out for something else. Strong start is a solid card. I have it in my deck at this point because the starter set or the essential card deck came out and that's included and it was a romantic choice. Um, okay, because just I, remember. Remember it fondly? Yeah, um, and gotcha. to be fair, this edition is probably littered with a lot of those choices. They probably aren't optimal choices, but it just makes me feel happy. Hey, look, if this game's not making you feel happy, like, what are we doing here? Exactly. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. All right, looking at the gambits, I see sidestep, ravaging advance, of course, which is just big old sidestep, mm -hmm. ritual desecration, because we said so, fury, <laughs> ferocious blow, <laughs> ferocious resistance. <laughs> oh man, that that that's the the Molog Supreme card right over there. It's gonna get banned. Yep. You better have something backed up. Um, hungry advance is a good one. It's just sidestep again. A lot of sidestep in here. Um, Determined effort. Ooh, a little plus plus dice with the, with a bubble card. I like that. Yeah, uh, duel of wits. Duel of wits. Oh yeah, you kind of do, don't you? These guys, you got to make sure their stuff lands. Um, yeah. Duel of wits is in everybody's deck. It probably will be. I don't. There's really no reason not to do it. Um, inspired attack. Now, inspired attack. Right. Do we want this in here. You get. You get, you're only gonna have one guy who's gonna be inspired for sure per game mm -hmm. because because of the card. Because we were talking about how uh, the desecration thing was a little too difficult. Yeah, so it's only because I was. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's not a particularly strong choice. Part of it is romance again. Mm. I think I think if you look at any of the essential card decks, uh, essential card choices uh, in this deck, I can pretty much say it's because I had my rose tinted glasses on at the time. Um, but it's just another plus one dice card. Yeah, the, the plus damage is nice. You plus one need... damage is nice, obviously, but yeah. they're running such low dice numbers. Yeah. It made sense to me. And obviously, if I'm going to be hopefully inspiring one person, then it's a no-brainer, because then yeah. crack on. Um, yeah. All right. So. You do need some kind of extra... Uh dice or more accuracy cards damage, so you can yeah. just pick which one you like the most you know it's either you know whichever one you you feel comfortable with 
um, mm-hmm. either getting more dice or getting a re-roll, something like that. Yeah, there's it's no very important for the in this, in this warband because yeah, you're like you said, they the, Dower Kragen's the only one with a lot of dice, but he hits on swords, and um, yeah, yeah, you know you have to have the attacks go through with these guys. You have to get momentum and remove enemy fighters from the board. And and we see uh, inspired command, which again is uh, it's restricted to your leader, but um, you can either push a fighter one hex. Um, one friendly fighter other than your leader, so it can't be for her. Um, yeah. But it can be any of the other guys. Or you can give them a uh, guard token, which is actually pretty good in certain cases here, especially if you want to make sure they stay on a um, on uh, on an objective. Yeah, that's what that's the reason why I put it in there was because of the extra guard mechanic. Um, mm-hmm. So if I was say I had sacrificed a an objective and I've got a desecration token on it or whatever, I, and I need just an extra one. And I've got a uh, raised realm in hand where I have to score two. Then it pretty much all but guarantees me getting it unless they have obviously the move objective ploys, but yeah. they're Plus not seeing no as much range. play. Right. Plus there's no range restriction on this thing. Yep. It's cool. Just just you have to have you have to have Kagra on the table. All right. Um upgrades. We have uh, great fortitude. Um we have we have the 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 full mortis relic uh suite uh so that's command dominance and crown of the dead um we have strength of terror because um more dice is great um we also have bolstered by hate plus one wounds grudging defense the guard gotta have the hellfire sword otherwise what are you doing and this might all good and we uh we have fighters ferocity in there uh plus one damage on a crit yeah, Fires Frosty, I can say right away, is a romance pick, again. Mm, um, yeah. Because I, I don't have great strength, and it's a, it's a better card in every case. Hey, look, you roll for no, crit. There is nothing wrong with romance choices when it comes to this game. I think it's been around long enough that we can be romantic about some stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think if I was going to a Grand Clash next weekend, it wouldn't be in my deck. Yeah, maybe. Just the moment right. it is. <laughs> So yeah, so well, so we've talked about all these. Um, sounds good. So let's move on to matchups. So if you're looking across the table, and your opponent uh, sits down, what do you hope they pull out? Any shades by a band, obviously. Okay. Sure. Because they're they're a bit dated now. Um, sure. I think, like most aggro warbands. They want to see a horde band because obviously they have picks and they have their choices. Um, mm. Plus, horde war bands often, although not always, are caring about um, about standing on objectives. Yep, exactly. Unless you're Godsworn. Yeah, but that's a different kettle of fish, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so we got that. Um, so Grimwatch. Yeah, uh, yeah, Grimwatch again because they they are doing the uh, the whole sitting on objectives and they've got a high number of fighters and none of them are really rolling that high defense. I don't think, especially the spots. The you know, yeah, the, no, they're definitely not the everyman. But then it depends on the boards. So if they if they're going to be castling up where they stagger the boards or longboard. Um, mm. I could rant about longboarding quite easily as well. By the way, um, sure. it, it it depends obviously on on the on the number of things with Grimwatch, but 
Yeah, they're, they're low wounds, high number, and um, low defense dice tend to favor them. Zaba gets are similar, uh, similar type, but they very easily inspire because they just need three glory, and they all go to two dodge. So I'm probably not going to be hitting them. Yeah, you gotta be, be you gotta be worried. Yeah. You yeah. gotta be wary. You know, obviously, you want to. If you play against a horde warman, you're going to get a lot of kills, but they're also going to get a ton of points, and you have to keep up with them. You need to leverage mm -hmm. the primacy token. If you go against them, make sure you're getting as much glory as possible. Because even if you yep. kill, you know, all of them except one, sometimes they'll have like five more points than you in the end. Yeah, exactly. All right. So now, let's say you sit across the table. What do you not want your opponent to pull out? Like you're like, oh, I hope he doesn't have blank. Molog. Well, I mean, crushes. sure. But even everybody, basically everybody, Molog, Crushes, yeah. Anybody else? Um, The more accurate warbands. So at one point I was due to play a man in the series, but we never actually managed to get a, a, a date agreed. And I was genuinely scared that he was going to bring his wild hunt because mm. they are so accurate and they can... Like I was saying before, four wounds isn't a safe number anymore. No. Um, well, I so, mean, for a while it kind of hasn't been. You no. Know? I remember um, back, back, back in season one, that was like the entire point of my Magor deck was just to one-shot everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I was genu genuinely worried he was going to bring uh, Wild Hunt. Uh, again, um, Grimwatch, if they get to dictate the board placement, it's a bit of a concern because I'm going to be struggling to get into the thick of them. And obviously they inspire by me not going into their territory. And I've sort of learned a tactic of not necessarily going into their territory. So it's it, it's a difficult one to swallow if they get staggered boards sort of thing. So, yeah. Um, Magors, like I said, um, they do everything that Ravagers want to do, but better. Yep. It's basically um, Ravagers, bit, but with less steps. So. A little bit, yeah. All right, cool. Um, all right, so there's that. All right, now, um, last thing we like to talk about is board placement. Any thoughts about board placement if you are playing uh, these guys? Uh, well, it, like most aggro warbands, you want to place wide so you have multiple options, um, especially with these guys because they have low movement. If you want to go aggro, you want to get as many darting hexes as close to their territory as possible, so you want to go wide. Um, in my in my experience, uh, just anything it, that has starting hexes like towards the midline. Yeah, yeah. A yeah. lot of the new ones are are good for that. The diarchasm mm -hmm. one, the amber trap nest. Yeah, and they the, have uh, three starting hexes within right, three of the right in the front. Yeah, yeah. Or the uh, the living rock. The living rock is nice because it's got oh, man, yeah, you're... it's got two right in the front there. Oh man, and I gotta look can, at these. And then the, the the lethal hex is kind of off to the side. Mm -hmm. I like that one, or the shrine of the silent people. Oh yeah, shrine is my favorite one. Yeah, shrine of the silent people is good because you have the two up front and one kind of off to the side, and then you can put like Zarsha in the back somewhere. Yeah, just out of the way. Yeah, you can also and flip Aberwin. around the other way, and you have the three that are right there. They're only like one off, but and then you put Zarsha in the back, and she's like also blocked by all those. Uh, Block yeah, there. so you want boards that 
allow you to deploy as close to the midline as possible, and then you want to set up your board so that it's like just straight on, uh, even aligned, or maybe one off to the side, depending on how they deploy. So you have enough, yeah. so you can swing left or right without, you know, because you start at three movement. Yeah, and it, it, this was another thing that I wanted to address with the RTG series is because Loz detests anything that's not symmetrical in terms of board placement. So we oh. always go wide. And I'm I'm not upset with that because it's easy to record. Um, oh, right. Oh, yeah. It fits in the, in the shot. Yeah, it's nice and easy. But um, obviously it's not going to be a guarantee every game that I'm going to be able to play wide even if I lose boards. So it's something I wanted to try and mix up. And it did like thankfully in the series i played a lot of a, a good variety of different setups um but yeah it's like like i say you want to get as many as far forward as possible if you want to go aggro that's a, that's a no-brainer that's the same for everyone but it also depends who you're matching up so if you're playing Molog, you don't necessarily want to be all up in their face because then he's got pickings but then at the same time you want to be as aggressive as possible to get out of the squigs so it's difficult. Uh, well, it, actually, when I play against Molog, what I try to do is I try to make I, I try to run at least like one or two people, two of my fighters in, so that Molog has to kind of like choose. Mm -hmm. Like you can either kill these two guys all the way over here and then be out of it, or you can go back and kill these guys and be out of it with the other guys. Yeah. So um, I do that sometimes just to like make Molog have to pick one or the other. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we digress. Hey, Matt, we did a great job. Thank you for, for doing that. But um, as is customary, our last segment is called The Keys to Salvation. And, and we have our guests typically um, make the choice. And I we may have talked about this in the in the distant past, but I, I don't really remember, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, but I like this tip because I think it's I think it's really I think we've touched on it here and there. But um, I like this one uh, talking about dice. Um, Matt, tell us about it. Yeah, so it's a dice game first and foremost. Yes, there's lots of ways you can mitigate the randomness and the gambling of the dice roll. But ultimately, you're not going to roll what you want or your opponent's going to crit, defend, and it's going to ruin your plans. And yes, it's very easy to get tilted and you can almost zero on that one error, or not error, but that one instance and think well that's it that's that's me done and get salty to it but ultimately just because it's going bad for you doesn't mean it's going to go badly for everyone else or vice versa it's just the case where just because things are going badly for you right now next game your opponent will be in the same seat sort of thing it's just the way it is if you wanted something more sterile and less gamey play chess right which is all piloting and nothing else. Yeah, it's that, that's pure mechanic and pure gameplay. Um, and because obviously it's not even just dice, you're also relying on drawing your cards in the right order or in the favorable order. And yes, there's a lot of mitigation, but if you don't draw those cards, you're still screwed sort of thing. So there's a lot of things that could go against you. So if you're going to be upset by things going against you, then... This is not a great game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just take, just take a deep breath and just just have fun with the chaos of it all. Yeah, and that's yeah, why I like embrace, Yeah, you have to embrace the, the the chaos. That's a good point. I have something a little bit to add to this. I've been playing, um, you know, online with my friends. This game called Hearthstone Battlegrounds. If you guys have ever heard of that, it's a it's a video game. It's a 
it's a card game. It's like in the auto chess um, genre. Have you guys ever heard of that? Uh, I've heard of Hearthstone, but I've never really looked into it much deal. Okay, so basically, that it's it's a game that you play with up to eight people, and the randomness factor is cranked up to eleven. You know, there's there's definitely a strategy involved. Um, you know, and good players are able to capture that, but there's so much randomness. And the thing that, like, and you know, it is kind of frustrating when you get screwed over by the randomness. But the fact that there's so much random kind of puts everybody on a little bit more of an even playing field, you know? Mm -hmm. So you're playing with people with, you know, you're playing with eight different people who are all of various skill levels. However, sometimes somebody who you might consider to be not very good can, can win the game. And somebody who you consider to be very good at the game, you know, is, is eliminated first you know, just by the, the randomness of it all. And it ends up being really fun because mm -hmm. it's not just like, like if we were, if we were all to play some video game, like let's say call of duty together, right. With eight random people of various skill levels, the person who has put the most time into the game is going to win every time, you know, and it's not yeah. even that, that fun when you're playing with, you know, your, your, your friends, your close, close friends. So having the randomness in the game, it's a, it depends on what kind of player you are, and and if you prefer the more um, you know strategy always wins, then maybe this isn't the game for you, or you know miniatures games in general aren't the games for you. Maybe want to just play. Yeah, chess po or poker is kind of like that too, isn't it? Because you can be like a just like a World Series of Poker champion, play against some scrub. Mm -hmm. you know get get dealt pocket kings and be like i'm all in because yeah, i yeah. have pocket kings right why wouldn't i go all in with pocket kings and then somebody else just happens to have pocket aces and it's like well yeah, there you go flip, the card flips and it's over like, in it yeah exactly and it's like okay so you have an amazing player getting beat by a noob just because of the randomness and i i think that is a big part of this game is just being able to use the randomness understand that that is uh, a feature of the game and um and just realizing that you know some you know look you, you set your attacks up them just to like kind of circle back to underworlds you set your attacks up you know you set your you know defense up and then you have to just let RNG jesus take the wheel and um and that's just part of it you have to you have to be prepared for it so um going into you know a tournament or something like that and getting tilted by dice it's like look sometimes you just have to tip your cap just be like you know what i did what i could you rolled a crit Tip the cap. It's fine, but we got two more. We got two more uh, games to play before the match is over. Um, so, 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 Matt, I'm gonna have to agree with you. Dice should. I, I never feel bad if I lost because of dice, because that's a feature of the game. I always feel bad if I screwed up. Like if I'm like, oh, I should have stood there, or oh, I should have played this card, or oh, that was a dumb charge. Like that makes me feel bad because that was definitely my fault. But, uh, but uh, dice? No, nah, you can't do anything about that. I remember what was it? I played a game a little while ago. I forget who I was playing, but it was like I made an attack. It was four dice. I think it was one of my league games. It was uh, like four no, dice. When we, me and you played a couple weeks ago, or last week that, or whatever. Was that against you? Well, yeah, you had you. you had this amazingly set up attack with three right. dice and a reroll, and you just rolled blank. You blanked out. Blanked and then out. I, and on then my Kagra, like, and then I ended up killing right. your whole warband with with Kagra at the end. Right, with Kagra, right, for the rest of the game. And it's like, it, so so the, that missed attack at the end of round one 
dictated the entire rest of that particular game. Right. Because Kagura then went around and just slaying vampires yeah. like she was freaking. And then after the game, you and said like, you you said yeah. you were like, well, if I if the reason why I lost is because I had a you know a good strategy, but the dice screwed me over, I can't really be mad at that. You can't know? complain. No, yeah. that's just how I, the game goes. In one of my, I think it's like the second or third game I had for the RTGC series, um, I was exhausted and I was playing quite late in the evening. And looking back after the game played, I played Syntax Era, James. Um, and I said to him at the end, after the games, I made at every opportunity where I had to make a decision, I made the wrong decision. And it right. was just painful. And that's what you should and, be. That's that's yeah. the type of games that you should look back and, and rethink your your strategy like or maybe your deck or something like that. But when you lose to just the dice, you got to just move on. Yeah, maybe the deck yeah. is fine. Maybe the way you play it is fine. It's just dice or dice. Yeah, so yeah. don't don't worry about it. All right. Randall, did we do it? I think this was a great episode. Welcome I think back. we did a good one. And and yeah, we're glad to be back. Um, we are planning on catching up, but it's going to take a while. Um, I guess we'll we'll just have to use this as an opportunity to look at these uh, war bands uh, through the lens of like, well, how has the season kind of been kicking up? Um, yeah, we're so, excited moving uh, forward. Exciting to see more tournaments happen, even though they're in like yes. a limited. Uh, and hoping we're getting back into the, you know a, a no- more normal season. Hopefully, yeah. The, yeah. The, at the end of this year, hopefully we'll have more events. Maybe we can go to those conventions again that we love going to. Well, Nova's cl- Nova's uh, definitely off this year, so yeah. But maybe we can go to Las Vegas. No rules hey, there. Vegas, they roll <laughs> dice there all the time. Yeah. They dice and cards. That's what that's what they do. And uh, and you know, like whatever, and pole dancers or whatever. Yeah, we can go do that too. No, the, the, they mean, have that there. Family. It's Las Vegas is a family friendly place now. All right, so I we're really going. want to see it. Yeah. Oh, I'm and everybody, actually, we're... Go ahead, I'm actually planning to go to the LVO next year. Oh, are oh. you? Oh. Ooh. So we can go to the strip club together. I mean, yeah. the, the, the family, together. The family-themed what? strip club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, exactly. We're the, uh, I hope the Blade Coven's there, because you know me. <laughs> God, I hope. Um, oh, I went I went there. Um, also, I, I think that we should What's say the leader that of we the, are... We, yeah. The, 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 the Nurgle named okay anyway before we, we go on i think it's fecula oh great fecula is gonna oh, yeah great. we're gonna she meet gonna up with fecula in las vegas all right and so now i've been trying to say for the last couple of minutes i think it's important to say that we we are we are skipping the undies this year right because i think that some people were like yes waiting for us to, to do that we we just we, we lost right a lot of time it was too much for us to do we and it, we're it super sucks behind they, be... they decided to dump nine different products Every, on us yeah, in one exactly. month so we have to and yeah and and just so that everybody out there knows we like got we figured out all of the stuff and we got everybody to like guest on it everybody said it was fine like let's do it and then we just got into this situation where we had like no time to do it and like all this other stuff happened that we didn't we couldn't do a podcast episode so just that you know we are sorry we wanted to do it we will probably do one at the end of this season Maybe over the summer before they drop do season five. Maybe we'll get the same people. We will definitely have the second annual Undies Awards. It's yeah, like it's it's coming. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, anyway, we're, we're, we're trying. Uh, but, of course, we uh, we don't get paid for this. So if you don't like it, 
Um, so Matt, thank you so much for coming and joining us here. Uh, and thanks for, for, for talking to us about a, you know, a war band that, that maybe is a little bit tough to play. Um, but, uh, but has a lot of, it has, it has a certain amount of potential. I don't want to say a lot. It has a certain amount of potential and it's certainly a lot of fun. Very rewarding so, uh, so thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. It's been a lot of fun. I really appreciate um, being invited. The Ravagers aren't going to win Grand Clash ever. I'll be surprised. I don't know. I said that about Nurgle and then they won like a big vassal clash. Well, they did that all despite you. So all the good the, players uh, out the, there that uh, are the listening. Masters. Take Congress to Warhammer Fest or, or whatever and prove Max wrong. Please do it. Please. Well, no, no, hold on. I didn't say it this time. That was Matt that said it. I'm, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I said it, yeah. I'm, no, I'm it's Max. Good. It's always Max. Blame him. No, come on. Uh, By the right, time let's... LVO comes around, not including LVO, if Ravagers win a Grand Clash, I'll buy, I'll buy you both a drink. Okay. Like, um, I'm getting a quarter sure. yard in Las um, Vegas. I only buy that five thousand dollar drink that has like gold flakes yeah, in Don it. But Perrin, I, yeah, yeah, the, <laughs> the Johnny you, Walker uh, blue label or whatever it is. I'll, I'll hey, give you look, half a shot of that drink. I'm worth oh, it. Oh, half. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so again, Matt, thank you very much. But we, it's time to sign off uh, for Battle for Salvation. This is Max Bernstein. This is still Randall Slate. And uh, we'll see you all next time.